The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. In addition to listening to us on the app, you can stream the show live on the website at radiolex.us. It is July the 21st, 2022. It is 4.01 to be exact. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lakes on North Limestone. Amber, how are you doing? Adam, it's not a normal day if there's not a technical difficulty. I think my headphones are broken. So it's not working at all? Well, do you see what I'm dealing with here? I see. Well, it sounded I look like, like I need two heads to fit into this. Yeah, I, I could all I could only imagine us coming in here one day and not having one problem go wrong. So just look around, see if you can find another set of headphones. Maybe it will work out for you. But Amber, it is another hot one. Uh, apparently, we're supposed to get up to somewhere around 100 degrees, they're saying. Oh, my goodness. uh, This weekend. So, yes, I have been doing a lot of work outside, so I have been experiencing this excruciating heat. Oh, I can only imagine. I told everybody uh, last week that I got a... I got a new fence. Oh, you did, and it is a nice fence. It is a nice fence. It is. They did a good job. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that there's so many things that I felt like... Diego wants to know if you want another pair of headphones there. Yes, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bring those in. But uh, the one of the things uh, that I realized that I... I mean, one of the things I realized quickly when I moved in is that there's a lot of things you still need to buy for a house, like blinds, for instance. Oh, yes, absolutely. A house without blinds is a house where everybody can see, and it's a glass house, pretty much. It's a house to always make sure you are closed in. Yes, and there's a washer and dryer you got to get. There is uh, uh, lots of things. How are those? Oh, here we go. Much better. Much better. Good. Much better. So I spent a lot of money just moving into my house, furnishing the things that I could not believe that I still needed to get. Well, and I'm sure that list actually probably gets a lot longer, like as you start diving into, you know, I need blinds and I need curtains and it just keeps going. It's a never ending list. When you first bought your house, though, do you wish there was somebody out there that was experienced in something like that? that to tell you things to do? Hey, I'd have paid good money for that. To have somebody do like a a post-home buying checklist? Absolutely. Well, lucky for the listeners today, because (laughs) here on Off the Cuff, I'm going to give you guys some things homeowners wish they'd known before buying a house. Okay. And this was collected just off of the internet of homeowners who have collectively come together, and they've said, you know what? I wish somebody would have warned me about this. Oh, this is going to be a good list. I wish somebody would have told me that I needed to do this. So let me just give you... 
uh, some some tips that the audience have said. They said it's a good idea to have an emergency fund. Absolutely. Don't you, you never know? Yes. Oh my gosh, we hadn't been in our house what six weeks, I think, and we had a major emergency. We had a leak in our roof. We lost a little bit of a wall. And right. It was crazy. Well, that's one thing I believe that people need to have because you never know when something will tear up a I don't know maybe a um, uh, uh, what do you call the little things that go out all the time the <laughs> well, heater no, well, I don't know the heat, you, pump. The heat oh, pump like for your water yes yeah those go out all the time don't oh they? absolutely it's gonna be a million dollars to fix it oh now come on you got one of those nice I think yours is like what the tankless right. water heater <laughs> yeah you don't know nothing about those struggles um, also they say it's a good idea to get a plumber to inspect the sewers before buying I 100% agree yes they can stick a camera in there to make sure everything is tip top shape. Mm-hmm. They say to uh, not hire a property inspector who is recommended by your real estate agency. Absolutely not. Because they will say anything to get that sale to get for the their sale. agent. Yeah. Uh, they also say here, before moving in, find out how to turn off the gas, the electricity, uh, yeah. and the water. Know where your shutoffs are. Yeah, because if you have a leak, the last time, the last place you want to be in the middle of a leak is searching for the shutoff valve. If you have a leak, you cannot afford to not know where that stuff is. No, because who's going to shut it off for you? You can't call for your daddy to come run down the hall and shut it off. You're the daddy now. Yeah, you're the daddy. <laughs> shut that water off. Uh, they say to check out the street and neighborhood for yourself. Absolutely, because folks. You need to go get on there and check the sexual predator predator directory to see Aww. if there's any sexual predators on your street. I'm serious. I mean, no, I feel you. I feel you. Because a lot of the times they're supposed to knock on your door and let you know they've moved into your street, but they don't do that. No, I ain't ever had that happen. Well... I haven't either, but that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So that just tells me that people don't do that. Yeah. So you need to find out for yourself who is going to be living on your street or who lives on your street. Well, the good thing is here in Lexington, we do have a lot of schools in the neighborhoods. So that is something, you know, that kind of shields us from that a little bit. Also, people have said if you're right next to or opposite a field or empty lot, there's a chance that there'll be a whole lot of construction there soon. <laughs> and I can vouch for that. Behind me, when I moved in, there was no houses behind uh-huh. my house. It's beautiful. And now, construction is going up. <laughs> it is bumping. It's bumping in the wrong kind of way, right? Yes. Hammers and nails uh-huh. going everywhere. Woo! Yes. I, I think... In just the last 30 days, they have put up 14 houses. Oh, my gosh. Hush. Right in a row behind my house. Oh, my gosh. I can't even get my back porch cleaned off in 14 days. And they're pricing them all for over 300000 Oh, that's crazy. There's not a house uh-huh. that's being built on my lot uh-huh. that is under 300000 right That's now. insanity. Very much so. But uh, those are just some things, folks, that... Uh, that people tell you uh, to look out for before buying a house. And last of all, they say to don't be afraid to back out of the sale at any point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think that just because they've went too far into something, they can't get out. Unless you've signed on the dotted line, Uh you've not officially closed on that house yet. So back out. If you feel like that it's not the house for you and there's something else that's out there, then back out. Absolutely. That's a huge expense. and. You can never go too far. As long as they ain't got your money, you're still good to go home. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, it just made me start thinking about all that stuff, doing my housework and having well, to... You forgot about the big one. What's that? Oh, that's going to be your lawn care. Yeah. Go ahead and get you a lawnmower, 
Mm-hmm. Weed eater. Mm-hmm. That's another expense that I was out. Yes. Not a wheelbarrow. We've no. learned that. We both have. A wheelbarrow's over $100. <laughs> My papa was not paying that for the wheelbarrows we had growing up. No, a shovel. I bought a shovel the other yeah. day for 30 I was going to say, did it cost you your firstborn child? Household items are you can't find something under 30. No, and that's, you know, I think that honestly is like the biggest thing people need to realize is when you buy this house, it costs even more to get things to maintain it. Right, a shovel. What you use to shovel literal... Uh-huh. <laughs> you are paying $30 for it. Uh-huh. And sometimes people don't don't think about those things. Nope. But, yes, lawn care is something that you do need to focus on. I'm trying to focus on it right now, trying to get a few bushes and, and yeah. trees. How's and that coming along? Not good. Yeah. Because <laughs> they say that when your grass is as dead as mine, yeah. you can't grow anything on it anyway. Yeah. So good luck growing any shrub or bush or tree well, because it's, it's not going to grow. So I need to hit up somebody, yeah. somebody and ask them to take care of my lawn for me. Well, Let me know if you find somebody. I will. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got a good show ahead of this hour. It is just 4.09, and we've still got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words, so stick with us. We'll be right back. to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Amber, one of the smash hits from the 1990s was this song. It was called Tumathy Thing? <laughs> tub Thumping? Is that what it was called? <laughs> yeah, Tub Thumping. By Chawambaba. <laughs> Chawambawamba. <laughs> <laughs> this was a big hit of the decade. And for those who haven't been listening to Off the Cuff, over the last couple of episodes, we've been doing the best one-hit wonders of certain decades. And mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, we did the best one-hit wonders of the 2010s. That was a good one. Last week, we did the best one-hit wonders of the 2000s. They even better. And now today, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to discuss the best one-hit wonders of the 1990s. Yes! This is what I've been waiting on since we started this. A lot of people say that we as a humanity peaked in the 1990s. I mean, some days I agree. When it comes to music, when it comes to movies, just life. Yeah. And when you go back and you listen to some of the music from the 90s, you hear a lot of songs that are still around. Oh, yeah. But the artist is not around. Uh Uh-huh. Just their song. That's why they're called One Hit Wonders. So let's talk about the best one-hit wonders of the 1990s. We'll have to start with this. The band... Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. <laughs> you know, if they maybe would have come up with a yeah. easier name to say, yeah. they could have stuck around <laughs> a little bit more. Now, this song is often confused with I Get Knocked Down, mm-hmm. is what they think the title is, but it's not. It's called... Tub Thumping. Again. <laughs> another thing they should have just made more simple to to say. (laughs) But we'll start the list with this. I think it's a very 90s song. When you hear this song, you're like, okay, I'm in the 90s. Oh, absolutely. I'm singing this in the fourth grade and have no clue what I'm talking about. And I know uh, the the more we go through these, Amber's just going to get more and more excited because <laughs> she has no idea, folks, the one-hit wonders that I'm going to play. Oh, I'm so excited. So she's going to love these. 
You might remember this hit in 1997 from Natalie Imbruglia. Imbruglia. She was only able to dent the charts with one more song. It was called Wrong Impression. Do you remember that song? No, I don't even know that one. There you go. Yeah. But this is the song people remember of hers, Torn. It's a good one. So I guess the fortune teller's right. I remember when I was in grade school, people used to get up and sing in front of the class. Some of my classmates would. And I remember a girl getting up and singing this song in the fourth grade. Yeah. And I remember thinking... What kind of generation am I growing up in <laughs> where a fourth grader is singing yeah. a song about laying naked on the floor? It'd be at being torn. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, she said naked in the fourth grade. I couldn't believe it. All right, another one-hit wonder of the 1990s is... of Pain. They had one smash hit. It was called Jump Around. They came out with this in 1992. Still a banger that they play in clubs. They play in movie montages. A great song. All white guys. And we know that that's a rarity in the rap industry. Oh yeah. The 90s, though, experimented so much with rap music because it was newish. Oh, yeah. You had a lot of iconic songs created back in that decade. Oh, yes. All right, another one-hit wonder of the 1990s who came out with this banger, but that was the last you heard of him, was OMC. He had this song in 1996 called How Bizarre. It was actually a pop duo group. It reminds me a lot of Cake. The band Cake. Oh, yeah. And you hear a good song like this, a good beat, you're like, this guy's going places. But it was very bizarre because he didn't go places. <laughs> Never heard from him again. <laughs> Destination to nowhere because you did not go anywhere. That's where you went. Another one-hit wonder of the 1990s goes to this gentleman. Ah, oh, yes. I don't care who you are. You might not know who sang this song, but you know the song. I do. Who sang this? Hadaway. <laughs> and what else did Hadaway sing? Uh, oh, my goodness. Probably nothing. I do think he had one more song after this, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Hence why Hadaway is a one-hit wonder. <laughs> mean. He had one song, What is Love, and This Is It, from 1993. Wasn't this in a movie? Yeah, not at the Roxbury. That's right. Yeah. Maybe it's could be argued that Night of the Roxberries is what made this song. Speaking of Night of the Roxbury, you know Chris Kattan is coming to Lexington. He's the star beside Will Ferrell in that. Somebody I didn't see coming here. 
Another one-hit wonder from the 1990s is somebody that I thought would stick around because he had maybe one of the coolest songs oh, no. of the 1990s. Hanging around downtown by myself And I had so much time to sit and think about myself And then there she was Marcy Playground had this smash hit in 1997. Sex and Candy was the name of this song. So, let me ask you. Yeah. We know what sex is. Yeah. What is candy? Can't. I mean, I took it as he meant like candy, like just candy, like Mars bars, not drugs. Hershey bars. I mean, it probably is, but I like to leave it a little, put my two favorite things together, sex and candy, that kind of candy. This is the perfect vibe song if you're just wanting to vibe yeah. on a cool evening where the crickets are going. Uh-huh. Leaves are crunchy. Very, Not because it's a drought. Very brisk. Yeah. Maybe smoke you a cigarette, lay by the pool. <laughs> or the hot tub. Oh, yeah. Are you still getting a hot tub? Me? Yeah. Honey, please get us a hot tub. <laughs> I hope. I smell six and We can't make a one-hit wonder list for the 1990s and not put Lua Bega in there. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita, all I need. A little bit of Tina, what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the sun. A little bit of Mary all night long. This is about a song uh, where a guy sings about all of his lovers in life. Mm-hmm catchy tune. Well. This guy never did anything since. (laughs) Well, he told all of these women. Yeah. Ain't got no more women to talk about now. You exposed yourself, Bo. Yeah. All right. Another one-hit wonder of the 1990s, and this was kind of a very controversial song. Yeah. Some people say. Brooks was the singer of this song. The song called B-I-T-C-H. I don't know all the <laughs> lines of how I can say that on the air, but it was a 1997 single where this was really the female empowerment anthem of the 1990s. Absolutely. Women everywhere love this song. I love this song. And I think women today, when they hear it, they're like, you know what? Uh-huh. I like it. Hey, I almost got fired over this song. Why? Because I played it at my place of employment right. one time, and I got turned into HR because I played this song. Thank you, Meredith Brooks. Still giving me power. <laughs> oh, gosh. Even all these years and later. She name drops, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh, no. No, that's Meredith Brooks. I thought you were just (laughs) said the person's name that. that. Oh, no. I would never give that wretched human being the airtime. That's all she's getting from me. But she disappeared after this song, Meredith Brooks did. Never. She's on off the cuff right now. All right. Another one-hit wonder of the 1990s goes to this guy. 
Harvey Danger is his name. He had this smash hit in 1997, Flagpole Sita. Sitter. Sitter? Yeah, Flagpole Sitter. There you go. I feel like a lot of the songs in the 1990s sounded like this. Oh, they all did. They all had that 90s teen comedy kind of yes, feel to them. Like American Pie. Yes. Some more one-hit wonders of the 1990s. You've got the Verve Pipe, who played the freshman. Oh, that was a good one. You have Blind Melon. They had their smash hit, No Rain. Yes. You had Tag Team with their song, Whoop, there it is. You had Skilo with his song, I Wish. Oh, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a... I would call her. There is... Eagle Eye Cherry with Save Tonight. Now, buddy, that was a good one. There is Citizen King, who had that song, Better Days. I've seen better days. You're missing my favorite one. I was even giving you time. I was even going to say, Amber... Have I left any off the list? Oh my gosh, my favorite one. It's going to be The Proclaimers, 500 Miles. That song was everywhere. You know what? You're right. The Proclaimers was on the list, and it didn't make my list. But you're right. The Proclaimers did have that smash hit, 500 Miles, in the 1990s. And that was really the last time you ever heard of them. Uh Uh-huh. But obviously, there's more than just The Proclaimers. There's others that I didn't mention that definitely deserve credit, but if there are some that I forgot, just throw them up on the show thread and I would love to talk about them because we all love a good one hit wonder. What would we do without them? Oh, I don't even want to think of a world without them. Right. But ladies and gentlemen, that is the best one hit wonders of the 1990s and I think that if you're looking at a decade with probably some of the most memorable uh, hits, it, with One Hit Wonders, it's the 90s. And next week, we'll do the 80s, we'll do the 70s, and probably stop there. I don't know how much I can get into 60s and 50s One Hit Wonders, but we're definitely going to cover the 80s and 70s. I'll say, hopefully, we'll continue and do it next week and then the week after, but yeah, there you go. There was the 90s. Yeah, don't worry, folks. I'll get him tuned in to the 60s and the 50s before the day's over with. Yes, because if uh, if I can find some good bangers that I didn't know about. Yeah. Because there's the, the, thing, the thing about those decades is because you've heard those songs, mm-hmm. you just didn't know who sang them, and you didn't really know what came of them. Exactly. So it's hard to tell who was a one-hit wonder from that long ago. No, I understand. But those, ladies and gentlemen, are the one-hit wonders of the 1990s. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We still got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. When you hear this song, 
you know it's time to go. Yeah. They usually play this song at the end of a night out on the town. Mm -hmm. When a bar is closing, they play this song to signal to everybody, hey, the night's coming to an end. Get your stuff together. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. You don't got to go home. But But you, you can't stay here. But you can't stay here. So they give you time to call an Uber, get your friends together, find out who you want to hook up with, pretty much. Gross. And as they do this, they play this song. It's the finale song. They call this a send-off song. Wouldn't you say that this is maybe one of the most popular send-off songs out there? Oh, absolutely. Closing time. You hear this a lot at 2.30 in the morning in Lexington (laughs) on a Saturday morning. You also hear this at weddings. Mm-hmm. At the end of a wedding, you have to have one final song at the end of a wedding reception. Oh, yeah, to scurry everybody out. To get everybody out the door. Yeah. So, Amber, we've talked about weddings on this show. We've talked about wedding facts. Last week on the show, I gave the best songs to play at a wedding reception for group dancing. Oh, yeah. for Those people good. For people to get up and do group dancing. And it being wedding season... Let's keep the theme going for this week's show. Okay. I would like to share with the audience the best wedding send-off songs. Okay. So those who are listening right now, it is July the 21st, which means we're slap-dab in summer, slap-dab in the middle of wedding season. You could be going to a wedding very, very soon. And they say that one of the most important parts of a wedding is the reception. And the entertainment at the reception is very, very important. But at the end of the night, people have to know when to shut it down. People have to know, okay, this is the last song. Yeah, shut the studio down. So I would like to share with the audience this week the best wedding send-off songs to play. The very best of the final songs you should play at the end of a wedding. Now, of course, we'll start with this song by Semisonic, Closing Time. You know, when you hear this, you're like, well, I guess that's going to be, that's going to be it. That's going to be the... Guess it's time to go home. Guess it's time to go home. But if you don't want to play closing time and you're about to wrap up at the wedding and and you're a DJ and you're like, how am I going to get people to know this is the last song? Maybe you can play this song. Last Dance by Donna Summer. Such a good song to play. It's letting you know, hey, this is the last dance, so you better find who you want to dance with and dance. Mm-hmm. Last chance for romance. I love when I hear these songs because I always know... Ooh, the night's over. I have survived it. <laughs> yes, I gotta go home now. <laughs> it's like music to my ears. But sometimes you don't want to go home. Sometimes you're just having such a good time with your friends, and you want to end the night on a good note. So sometimes the DJ will play a song like this. Reaching out. play this song because 
It's a song that you can do with your friends. You can sing along. You can be silly. And it's a good, it's a feel-good song. Yeah, it gets everybody involved. Everybody sings. Everybody sings. It's a good salute to the night. It is. A bon voyage. Bon voyage. Everybody gets one final song to sing, uh-huh. one final song to dance to. And it's not a depressing song. It's kind of no. like... It's kind of a very family-ish song where you kind of put your arms around each other and all sing. Camaraderie. There we go. Camaraderie. Yeah. Sweet Caroline. Now, this next song might be one of the most popular final send-off songs for a wedding. Don't Stop Believing. What is it about this song, Amber, that makes people want to hear this as their final send-off song after an event? I have no clue. I don't know if I would really use this as my... They say this is the song that Lauren Conrad always wanted played at clubs when she was about to go home. Ah, goodness. I was going to say, my first big introduction to this song was... Lauren Conrad and Stephen Coletti on Laguna Beach. People don't even know who we're talking about. I know. I'm talking talking to a wall right now. (laughs) It's the hills, ladies and gentlemen. No, that was Laguna Beach. Stephen Coletti, yes, I guess, was Yeah, Laguna Beach. Beach. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Are you more of a Laguna Beach fan or the hills? Don't ask me that. You're asking me that so you can holler at me. (laughs) And it's Laguna Beach. (laughs) All right, another final send-off song for weddings. If you are either a DJ and you're wondering, what can I play to let my people know that it's time to come to an end? Or if you're at the wedding and you want to suggest a song for the DJ to play, maybe you can have them play this one. One You're just basically saying, let's just do it one more time. One more dance. One more song. One more getting jiggy with it. This song is called One More Time by Daft Punk. And then finally, the last song that you can play at the end of a night is the Good Riddance song by Green Day. <laughs> saying Good Riddance, which is kind of used as a graduation song too, but yeah. people can use it as a send-off song. But there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the best wedding send-off songs of of people uh, at weddings. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I'd say the, uh, my honorable mentions would be Jefferson Starships, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Okay. And then, uh, ooh, maybe that'd be my only one. Yes. Yeah. So if you have a song that we didn't play Throw it up on the show thread, and we will definitely talk about it. There's a lot of things that people do while this music plays. There's a lot of send-off activities that the guests at weddings do for the bride and groom. Like, a lot of people will line up, and they'll play the send-off music Mm -hmm. as the bride and groom will walk to their car to leave the event. And they'll have things like glow sticks. Oh, those are fun. Fake snow sometimes. Uh Sky lanterns. Yes. Sky lanterns, which I think are beautiful. They are, but... 
Uh, the uh, school cheer pom poms. Oh yes. Uh, the lightsabers. Uh huh. Silly string. Uh huh. Which can get messy. It can get very messy. Fireworks. Oh lord. Sparklers. Uh, sparklers. Yes. Paper airplanes. Oh, well, I'd be upset. Bubbles. Uh huh. Rose petals. Yes. Streamers. Uh huh. Leaves. Leaves. Beach balls. Bird seed. <laughs> There's rice. Yeah. People also sometimes will throw butterflies. And finally, smoke bombs. Did you say leaves? Leaves. Like leaves off the tree? Just leaves. You, should, <laughs> you can throw up leaves. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like pretty leaves. Just yeah. to say, hey, look at the pretty happy couple. <laughs> and as they leave, they'll play one of those send-off songs. So if you're, if you're wondering, folks, if you're sitting at home and you're about to get married and you're like, what can my send-off song be? Well, look at all the ones we just played. We played... Don't Stop Believing by Journey, Sweet Caroline by Dill Diamond. I've had the time of my life. No, we didn't play that one. That's a good one, That's though. a good one. We could yeah, play, is that yeah. Bill Medley? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good Riddance, Daft Punk One More Time. What about Bohemian Rhapsody's um, by the Queen? Do you th- Or by Queen. Do you think that would Bohemian be a good... Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. Um, Maybe a good send-off song? I don't know about that one, because I'd want to hang out for a little bit. You start playing Queen, I'm chilling for a minute. I'm not leaving. Right. Yeah. That's what you got to watch out for, playing songs that are too good. Yeah. Because people don't want to go home. Especially, that's a 10-minute song. I'll hang out for a whole 10 minutes just talking about how much I had fun listening to it. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I tell you what we're going to do now. We are going to take Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. So roll down them windows. It's a beautiful day. And enjoy The Anxiety by, or I'm sorry, enjoy Meet Me at Our Spot by The Anxiety, Willow, and Tyler Coe. A little summer banger for your ears. So roll down them windows and enjoy. We'll be back after the song. Do you remember how big of a deal it was when Trump got COVID a couple of years ago? I do, actually. And granted, it was a big deal because back in the day, we did not realize how big of a thing COVID was. And it still is a pretty serious thing to get. Oh, yeah. But I think that with all the research that has now been done, people aren't as fearful as the viruses they used to be. But this story is not getting the attention that I thought it would Joe Biden, the mm-hmm. president of the United States, it was confirmed today that he tested positive for COVID-19. He is experiencing mild symptoms, so that is good. Don't want anybody to suffer from that sickness. Don't want anybody uh, to to die from that. No. But hopefully he does do well with it. It's scary because how old is Biden? 79? Mm-hmm. That's old. Very. And I have seen... 79-year-olds in better shape than our president. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen, I'm telling you, my mamaw at mm-hmm. 79, yeah. she could do a garden, cut the grass, push it, weed yeah. eat it, yeah. plant, I mean, work all day outside in 90-degree heat, and she's at that age. Uh-huh. Joe Biden would be lucky to be able to put a seed in the ground and, and grow it. <laughs> he can't even ride a bicycle, let alone try to handle a tiller. He has a hard time walking upstairs, uh-huh. down the stairs. So it really is concerning when you've got somebody with that type of physical ability that's got COVID. You don't know how 
bad that could be on his body. No. And and the thing about COVID is, you know, people don't understand what it's going to do to them until you get it. You know, mild symptoms can very quickly turn to terrible symptoms. You know, we've seen that when we had it. Yes. You know, it was... Ugh. I'm sure that they are keeping a close eye on the president. Uh, I don't think anybody has the medicine readily available like the president of the United States <laughs> does. So I think he will be in good hands, but you never know. Sickness and death doesn't know job titles. No. So our thoughts and prayers go out to the president. Hopefully he recovers soon with his COVID-19 uh, diagnosis. But ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We still have one more segment of Off the Cuff to Go. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we were talking about President Biden having COVID-19. Hopefully, he does recover from that. Uh, Like I said, death doesn't know status when it comes to your job title, your age, or how rich you are. Did you hear the news that happened just the other day? Ivana Trump Mm -hmm. passed away. She was the first wife of ex-president Donald Trump. She died in an accident as Mm. a result of suffering blunt impact injuries in her torso. And she died because the New York City chief medical examiner said that she fell Mm -hmm. down her steps. Sounds suspicious, doesn't it? That when a woman falls down her steps, somebody as rich (laughs) as Ivana, when somebody as rich as Ivana falls down her steps, you automatically think, well, somebody pushed her (laughs) to get her money. Who gave the heave-ho. But uh, apparently that's not the case. They're saying that there's nothing suspicious involved. It looks like a real fall. Mm. But of course... Somebody who sets something like that up, you want to make it look like a real fall. <laughs> so I'm not buying it. Well, I don't know. You know, she was, uh, how old was she? She was at least in her late 70s. She was 73. Oh, so she was early 70s. 73. And it's it's just sad because she still did have a lot of life to live. Oh, yeah. We talked about my mamma being 79 and growing a garden. Uh-huh. Ivana Trump was 73 and had the money at her uh, disposal. And that just, just goes to show you, folks, you can't take the money with you to the grave. All of that money that you have, it doesn't mean nothing at the end of it. Nope. She's buried in a hole where she's put in a tomb mm-hmm. right now, and she's... Um, dead. Mm-hmm. She can't spend money on nothing. And all that money you spent your time worrying about is probably eventually what was your downfall because you probably wouldn't have had those stairs if you wouldn't have had that money. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, those gold slippery stairs. Uh, what? All that's gold or all that glitters isn't gold. There we go. But uh, she had three children with Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump. And they divorced in 1990. It was one of the biggest divorces in divorces' histories. Um, She was kind of the 
picture-perfect housewife. She was the quintessential rich housewife. Yeah. Back before that reality show, Rich Housewives. Oh, uh, real housewives of Beverly Hills and stuff like that. Ivana Trump was the real-life housewife. Original. Just original. She was the wife of a billionaire. She was a philanthropist. She was just the blonde, bombshell, former model turned into a rich housewife. <laughs> And she was very rich. She uh, maintained her wealth after the divorce because divorce settlements tend to do that for a lot of women. (laughs) But another billionaire dead. And Trump went to her funeral and uh, showed her respects. I don't know if she was actually a billionaire. Yeah. But she definitely had millions from her ex-husband. Hey, you know what? The only difference between a millionaire and a billionaire is a... Being an M. So. Well, Amber, it made me start thinking of women billionaires. Mm-hmm. There's not many. No, there's not. There's not many women billionaires out there. No. And I looked up the richest women in the world. Okay. And I found it fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, they're a woman. Uh-huh. And it's... Well... Well, no. And let me explain. I think that's just a rarity, which because it is, yeah. to find women on this list. Yeah. Well... And now, granted, a lot of these women are on this list because their husbands left them their fortunes. Well, you know what? So sucks to be the husband that left it. And and sometimes uh, these women are on these lists because of divorce settlements. But let me tell you, according to Forbes, who the richest women in the world are. I will tell you their net worth. I'll tell you where they got it, and I'll tell you their name. Let's start with friend. Cosio Myers, she's worth $74.8 billion, and she is the granddaughter of the founder of the beauty giant L'Oreal. Okay. So thanks, Grandma, Uh for giving me $74.8 billion. (laughs) And (laughs) L'Oreal. Alice Walton is one of the richest women in the world. Everybody knows her as the owner of Walmart, the retail giant. Her father, Sam Walton, left... All of his kids, equal amounts of his fortune. And what's crazy is that after he died, mm-hmm. they split his fortune up 10 different ways. Yeah. And all 10 of his children are still in like the top 25 richest people. <laughs> so imagine if he was alive, yeah. people would still consider him the richest man over Jeff Bezos. Oh, my word. There is Julia Coach. She's worth $60 billion. She is from Coach Industries. Uh, she is the widow of the owner of Coach Industries, and I don't know what Coach Industries is. Wait, is that like Coach the Purses? No. Coach as in K-O-C-H. Oh, Mm -hmm. I ain't got a clue. There's Mackenzie Scott. She's worth $43.6 billion, and everybody knows her as the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos. She is worth $43.6 billion, which became the biggest divorce settlement in history $43.6 $43.6 billion in a divorce settlement. Uh-huh. And some people worry about paying two, $300 a month in child support. <laughs> Imagine $43.6 billion in, in splitting your wealth. That's, that's hard. There's Jacqueline Mars, who's worth $31.7 billion. She's known for candy and pet food. And also, well, the type of candy she's known for mm-hmm. is... Uh, creating things like M&M's. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and enough said on that. M&M's. Uh-huh. M&M's, that's enough. That's enough. That's all you need. There is Gina Reinhart. She's worth $30.2 billion. Her source of wealth is mining. 
Okay. Yeah, in Australia. Miriam Edelson, she's in the U.S. Her source of wealth is casinos. She's worth $27.5 billion. And she is the widow of Republican kingmaker and casino uh, magnate Sheldon Adelston. And he was a casino phenom in uh, the 80s and 90s. And he died in 2021. Mm. Yes, but a huge name in Vegas. But his wife now has all the moolah, $27.5 billion. Shoot. There is Suzanne Clatton. She's worth $24.3 billion. She is in Germany. She is known for BMW. Okay. She owns about 19% of the German automaker. And she inherited that from her mother and her father who passed away. All my mommy and daddy ever left me was depression and anxiety. Iris Fontbonna is worth $22.8 billion. Uh, she is known for mining in Chile. And then finally, the last one, Abigail Johnson. She's in the U.S. and she is known for money management. Okay. I think I would listen to what she says because yeah. she is worth $21.2 billion. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. Those are a lot of rich women. People will talk all the time. You need to find you a rich man. They'll, they'll tell women. <laughs> what about finding a rich woman? Well, I wonder why that's not been a popular trend. What? Men finding rich women. It is. Is it? Yeah, it's just not talked about. But why isn't it talked about? Now that I can't tell you. I think that's something that a lot of women have, you know, kind of been coming out over the years. Like, we don't understand why there are... Uh, double standards. Right. Yeah. Because men do it, too. I've seen them. I've watched them. They do, and it's not talked about. But I feel like that it will eventually become a trend yeah. where men are going to start looking for sugar mamas. We know it exists. Ah, oh, then that ain't no man. We know it exists. Could you let a woman take care of you? No. Okay. Depends on how rich. Alice, Wal <laughs> Alice Walton? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, who else was on this list here? Um Anyone, uh, Gina Reinhart. Mm -hmm. Hey, now didn't they just announce that uh, Rihanna is technically the first self-made billionaire? I thought that was Kylie I, Jenner. No, I think they came out and said Rihanna was the first self-made billionaire. Well, good for Rihanna. I'll marry Rihanna. She's mm -hmm. gorgeous. But ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff. If you like what you heard today, you will probably like what you heard from our previous episode. So you looked it up, Rihanna. Yeah, is, Rihanna is. She is the world's youngest self-made billionaire there you from go. Forbes. Well, congrats, Rihanna. I'd marry you too. <laughs> Me too. But yes, check us out on podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you stream your favorite podcast, YouTube. You can follow social media us on social media. You can follow the co-host Amber at Ambu447. You can follow me, the host, at The Adam Banks. You can follow Off the Cuff on social media at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. We release new episodes every Thursday from 4 to 5 right here on WLXU 93.9 FM from 4 to 5, which means we will be back next week with a brand new live episode. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Amber Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll catch you down the road. <laughs>